most people see tragedy. We see the glory of God. And this is why the symbol of death and humiliation, the cross, became so central to Christianity. It was, it was almost like, uh, uh, you know, back then it's probably like a Babylon Bee meme. It was a parody. Right. You know, why, why do you have a symbol of death that brings hope and inspiration? Because it was the, it's the power over death, right. you know, kind of a thing. So. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you learn and grow in your faith. It is a journey that you must go on. It is not something mm -hmm. you can opt out of. It's not something you can run away from. I guess you can run away from it, but you'll be <laughs> shrinking in your faith whether you believe that you have it or not. And we want you to be growing in your faith. We want you to be taking purposeful steps every day towards growing your faith and understanding what you believe and why you believe it. Mm -hmm. And we want to be part of that here at the Salty Pastor Podcast. My name is Jesse Mayer. I'll be your host, but we cannot do the Salty Pastor Podcast without the Salty Pastor himself, <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Douglas Peak. Hey, it's good to be with you, everybody. I'm really excited about what we're focusing on right now, and that is the the glory, the power and the glory of God in the, the resurrection of Christ and why we celebrate it uh, every year. And we always return to it is because we have to know and understand that our faith is rooted in power. Mm. It's incredible power. And we have to understand that and know that so that we don't go through life living powerless, right? Because we've been deceived into thinking we're powerless. And so that's why I love resurrection celebration, uh, sometimes called Easter, because what it does is it's a time every year that we take out and say, we're going to remember the, the real foundation of our faith. And that is, is the power of God over death and sin. Absolutely. And for these three weeks, we're really going to be focused on that most mm -hmm. important vet event in Christianity, which is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. None of none of the Christmas story matters if he doesn't die, right? Like yeah, him being correct. Here, it doesn't matter unless he dies and resurrects. And yeah. so this is the peak point of it. And mm -hmm. we, I mean, there's plenty of people that even admit that Jesus lived, right? Like yes. that's, but they don't believe in what he did for us. And that's Correct. the thing. Um, on Tuesday, you talked about first Corinthians 15. Paul was talking about, um, if, if we don't rise from the dead, our faith is in vain. If, if Christ mm -hmm. did not rise from the dead, our faith is in vain. And the point and purpose of the resurrection is all about power and authority. Not only mm -hmm. was Jesus a real person, which we talked about, mm -hmm. but his resurrection from the dead showed that he was God. It proves that he's now has the power over death. And it was in this demonstration of power that it's necessary for us to celebrate, which always yeah. sounds weird, right? We're celebrating that he died. It's always this <laughs> weird paradox in your brain. You're going, why would you do that? Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I think that really drives home how you know, God, it says, Paul says in Corinthians that God takes the wisdom of this world, turns it upside down, mm -hmm. right? And um, I think that God already knew, and this is what's really important, God already knew that he had power over death, right? He wasn't locked in space-time continuum as the creator of the universe, right? So he already knew that he had power over death, and then it was human beings, you and me, that needed to see it and notice it and be inspired and changed and transformed by it. That's why we have hope. We're, we're you know, most people see tragedy we see the glory of God. 
And this is why the symbol of death and humiliation, the cross, became so central to Christianity. It was it was almost like, uh, uh, you know, back then it's probably like a Babylon B meme. It was a parody. Right. You know, why why do you have a symbol of death that brings hope and inspiration? Because it was the it's the power over death, right. you know, kind of a thing. So. Well, on Tuesday, we dug into the implications of the demonstration of this power, um, how it's the power that gives us hope, strength, and muscles in our faith. Mm -hmm. And it's this power that allow us to heal uh, a hole that we have in yeah. us, right? It's it's this power that allows us to per persevere through evil atrocities in this world. Mm -hmm. It's his power that allows us to be committed to justice in this world around us, even though it's full of injustice. <laughs> and then we dug into how Jesus manifested this power when he calmed the seas. Mm -hmm. um, um, why is it so important for us to recognize and know the power of Jesus in today's world, Pastor? Well, I, I think we're just going to continue to face more and more evil. I, I don't think people realize historically that, you know, the last two generations of Americans have really lived without, you know, in essence, war. You know, there's there's really been almost no war on American soil, per se, since the Civil War. Yeah. Um, and, you know, World War One and World War Two were massive wars, but they weren't on our own soil, yeah, per se. Yeah, I mean, se. other than like a single incident. Yeah, like, like Pearl we, Harbor. Pearl Harbor or, and yeah. then 9-11, same yeah. thing. It was like, and that's why we take those things so seriously here in America, right? Because yeah. we, we don't experience that. That's stuff that happens in other countries All the fairly time. regularly, but <laughs> yeah. we make whole days and memorials out of it because we're like, this doesn't happen in America. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's really interesting is because of that, we we are shocked now about the evil that's rising up in our culture all over the place, and we don't mm -hmm. know necessarily how to deal with it. Um, I don't know if people are aware, but on Monday, a transgendered individual broke into a Christian school. It was a, a school that was secured. You can't get in, but this person came up and then shot the doors out. They were all glass doors. Mm -hmm. Shot the doors out and then came in and murdered six, seven people, a number of them young children, you know, little girls that were just murdered. Um, and what I think is really interesting about this situation is how our politicians and media have responded in various ways. It's just indicative of what we as Christians are facing and why the issue of power is so important uh, for our faith and for our hope. First, there's this anti-gun reflex in media and society. It's like the first thing is that, you know, well, you know, we have to, you know, there's this reflex. It's all guns fault. You know, of course, it was guns that took out the perpetrator and stopped their rampage of killing more people, mm. right? So I, I think that's just really disingenuous. But second and most insightful in the situation is the fact that these children, um, you know, were murdered, but the media is saying that they deserved to die because they were Christians. Really? Yeah, it's really quite fascinating. The media is claiming that it was Christians um, and their hateful rhetoric that caused this person to want to come and murder them. And, you know, I want to be clear about that. It's, it's just pure, unadulterated evil of what happened and what's continuing to happen. And I, I just don't see any... Uh, I mean, this shows you how evil works, okay? Basically, uh, um, it's this radical gender ideology that's been introduced into our schools and in our media. Therefore, it is our society that now creates 
all of these this mental illness in these people who do these things, right? Then they point fingers at Christians for saying, look, this ideology is destroying people, right? And then they say, well, that's hateful rhetoric. And so what a lot of people don't realize is that so much of what's been going on in these mass shootings are are from people who are struggling with this mental illness, right? Uh, in November 2022, uh, a non-binary identifying suspect, Anderson Aldrich, carried out the deadly mass shooting at a gay nightclub, okay? You, you kind of go on. Let me read a few more for you. Uh, in 2019, it was a female to male transgendered person that went uh, into the school Highlands Ranch in Douglas County and uh, uh, killed a bunch of people that they said were transphobic. In September of 2018, a female to male identifying trans shooter named Snochia or Snokia. Mosley murdered three colleagues at a Rite Aid distribution center in Aberdeen, Maryland. Um, if you go back and you start looking at mass shootings, the, the common thread in this is not g the gun. It's the mental illness and the primary uh, mental illness that most of these mass shootings that have been struggling with or that we have seen in the last five to ten years has to do around this radical gender ideology. And so what I'm postulating is that the media is now saying that Christians uh, point out that it's that there's a crazy ideology out there being propagated in our schools. And the media is saying because Christians point that out, they deserve to be murdered. You know, I was talking uh, to my 17 year old this morning and it was just interesting. His perspective, he says, um, people, uh, on, on Instagram and social media are going around saying that, you know, this person suffered discrimination. And so they went and murdered people as, as if that's some justification to go and murder children. He goes, I just don't get it. Um, I, I think that it's really pretty significant to see what the media is trying to do in this regards. And I think that's indicative of the fact that we as Christians are going to suffer and be persecuted more when people go into a Christian school and then the media immediately says, well, it's your fault for being transphobic. That's why you got murdered. I mean, that just seems really crazy to me. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think ultimately what we're seeing is, like you said, this idea that there's so much mental illness going around, whether it's around transgenderism or mm -hmm. other, because I mean, there are not, you know, there's there's been mass shootings from various perpetrators, but they all suffer from some sort of mental illness. You have mm -hmm. to have some sort of mental illness to be like, I'm gonna go shoot ch children. Like, yeah. you have to be sick. And we have seen an uptick in mental illness the more we've, push these ideologies and started saying, oh, well, you need to feel your feelings and your truth is your truth and you were whatever. So whether it's transgender or not, the mental illness rate has gone up in the last however many years. And it's not at a lack of the culture, quote unquote, trying to fix it, right? The media mm -hmm. says, oh, we're doing all these things to help people get over their mental illness. And it's like, well, what's What's causing the rise in mental illness in the first place? Because all of your progressive activist things 
we're supposed to help these people and yet we're seeing an uptick in it and we're seeing an uptick in the amount of shootings and the amount of mental illness. So it's like, I don't understand how the media is really successfully spinning this because if you critically think about it, you're like, but wait, all of these supposed things that we're doing to fix this have not fixed it. They've in fact made it worse. So whether it's a trans shooting or something else, we're seeing mental illness uptick at a rapid rate because the culture's Mm -hmm causing mental illness we it's it's right there in front of you right right yeah and i i think you know the evidence is pointing in the direction this is the point of salty pastors you you have to make up your own mind you have to think for yourself and i would hope that you critically think through this but the evidence is is starting to point to the fact that it's our public education system and our universities in a lot of these ideologies um and and we we kind of focus on what i call the downstream effect of these ideologies for instance the ideologies around gender dysphoria or transgenderism the ideologies of feminism the ideologies of uh these things but what people don't really realize is that they're really coming from uh the upstream value of it's basic marxism where everybody's putting a a class or a segment and then you know what they're doing is justifiable uh, because of the rage that they feel from their oppression and that's what it's coming in here is like you know there's a guy he is a sports writer his name is mike wise and he he basically says um you know he supports what cat um uh, marco tweets out it says I don't contain this person's actions, though I understand their outrage against an intolerant state that brainwashes children through religious indoctrination, right? And so this guy is a a, a big sports writer, and he agrees with it, okay? Uh, Progressive talk show host David Pakman mocked the Christian school for not praying enough. He said, well, these things happen because you don't pray enough, right? Because whenever these things happen, we basically say, well, let's pray for people. Right. And what's wild to me is the fact that these people are justifying, oh, well, they're Christian kids, so this is okay. There's no outrage that the fact that these kids were killed. If we at any point had gone, I mean, we as Christians had gone, oh, well, the gay nightclub, those ki- those people deserved it. Churches would be in flames across America, right? But right. You, can, you can broadcast this idea across national television of, well, they should have been praying more or whatever. Yeah. Like, even that statement, like... What? How is that even remotely logical that kids died and you're making a a, um, a mockery of it and yeah. at the ex- and and using this religious context for it too? Which if you any other group would do that to any other group, it would be outraged as canceled and they're bigots and they're doing all these things. But no, 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 it's fine because you know they're Christians, so we can do whatever we want. Yeah, I mean, it just goes on and on. I mean, uh, activist Shannon Watts uh, runs a big activist organization called Moms Demanding Action. She says if prayers alone worked, there wouldn't be a mass shooting at a school where they pray. You know? she. So she's ridiculing it. Uh, uh, television show writer Lee Aronson scoffed at it. Uh, uh, and he, he's tweeted, ABC News journalist Terry Moran is accused of blaming Christians and Republicans after he highlighted how t- Tennessee banned transgendered medical care for minors. And this is why this shooting took place as if, well, it's justifiable to kill children because we said it's Tennessee said it's wrong to mutilate children when they're minors. Right. Right. Another big lie that's coming out of this over and over and over again, it was even propagated by our president is 
this this lie that uh, the number one cause of death among children is now gun violence. That's just a lie. It, the CDC, specific, when you look at the stats, it says there were 5,400 deaths of children uh, to gun violence, and there were like 5,200 deaths for uh, car crashes, right? Because vehic- vehicular deaths is really the main cause of children dying. Right. And, right? and what was really interesting is that in order for the CDC to do that, you know what they did? They included children between the ages of zero or birth to 19, so they included 18 and 19 year olds, which are not children. Right. Those are considered adults in America. Right. But that's the only way you could get the stats of death. So, so people who are serving in the army, you know, if they get killed or, or whatever, because most it's mostly enlisted people who are what, 18 and 19 years old, right? So it's really fascinating to me that that statistic in and of itself is is a false narrative to try to get people to buy into it. But the the issue here today for me is not saying guns. I mean, look, there's a lot of Christian people that follow Jesus that are like anti-gun. They don't like guns. That's fine. That's a great expression of your faith. There's a lot of people who are pro-gun. I think the issue, though, is that if you're going to be an honest person, you have to think critically, and you have Mm -hmm. to realize that when you you basically take 0 to 17 years of age, the number one thing, a cause of death is vehicle deaths, right? From car crashes. Yeah. And if you really want to say children, because they, they say this, children, in our society, we think children are people who are zero to about 12 or 13 years of age. When you're 14, 15, 16, 17, you're considered a, a, a semi-adult. You know, you're like a young adult. You're not full adult at 18, right. but you're, you know, you're in, you're learning how to drive. You're making a lot of decisions. So if you really want to be honest, you'd have to say zero to 13. And when you look at gun violence or gun deaths amongst those kids, it's, it drops way, way, way down the list. You know, kids are dying of cancers and, and, uh, alcohol related vehicular deaths and things like that at a much higher rate. So the point being is that we have to take into account that society is going in a certain direction for a reason and a purpose, right? Right. And we have to say that, look, it's, it's all of these, all of these mass shootings over the last 20 years have all been a result of what mental illness. So what, a lot of it is revolving. A lot of the mental illness shooters have non-binary or gender mental issues, which, by the way, are always packaged. I remember listening to a psychiatrist talk one time. He goes, pathogens um, are seldom alone. They travel in pairs and threes company. And what's his point? Is that, well, if you have one mental disorder like gender dysphoria or body dysmorphia or something like that, then there's usually some other, there's two the, or three other things. Probably, that, they all stack up and, and can start influencing other aspects. Like exactly. you're probably experiencing depression. Yes. Because of severe depression. Things, stuff like that. Yeah. Which totally yeah, disassociated behavior. I mean, all these other types of things. You're right. Mm-hmm. It, they're getting into all this. So it, it it's, but it's fascinating to me how so much over the last 20 years more than than half almost half of these shooters people committing these acts of violence um were dealing with this pathogen as well as others 
It's, isn't that interesting to me? It, to me, it just seems like um, it's almost an explosion of it. Yeah, I mean, just the the amount of mental health problems, like we said, are just out of control these days, and and they they could be related to gender identity. They could be related to um, the the side effects of gender identity. All of these different things that are coming in, and what they're perceived. Um, truth is, is, is causing them to believe that, oh, it's justifiable to go in and, and murder all of these children. And so, and yeah, the society is not giving them any kind of, they, they want to jump on the gun wagon. And usually there's a thing of like, well, we need to get more mental health stuff, but nothing ever happens. Right. And, right. and they're not ultimately addressing the, the root cause, which is the culture has started putting these kids and these adults at risk with what it's saying you should and shouldn't believe and so exactly. mental health services can only aren't treat helping the sim- they're only going to treat the symptoms right like yeah. there's no talk about well what's causing all of the but what issues. if what if our mental health services are causing the problem okay see see that's that's a thing nobody wants to talk about and you know, I, I people who listen to the salty pastor are saying, "Give us research, give us information, so we can make up our mo- our mo- our own minds." When you were gone, I talked about the Pritzker family. Um, they're billionaires, and they're propagating what is called SSIs. And what it is is it's a synthetic sexual identities. And the point is, is that we are not a dimorphic species. And that is, bo- you have a male and a female means dimorphic. Right. Yes. You, ha- you have a male and a female. And the only way we can, we don't have that. We don't have that. It's all on a spectrum, which of course is pretty crazy stuff. But the Pritzker family, which are billionaires, have heavily invested into this billions of dollars and one of the things that they're doing is they're going around to medical communities right medical universities hospital research hospitals they're coming in they say we'll give you 30 50 100 million dollars i mean that is a boatload of money and we want you to start a gender clinic here and so since 2014 there were almost zero gender clinics in the united states that was nine years ago and now there are hundreds of them it has been an absolute explosion since 2014. Um, you look also w- about BlackRock. A lot of people don't know that BlackRock, which has trillions of dollars of of investments, in other words, massive teacher union pension funds, massive corporate pension stuff, gave it to BlackRock, and then they invest it on their behalf. Well, what people are just realizing now that BlackRock is a very woke investment firm, and they're pushing a lot of these radical things a lot of people don't know that they invested almost one billion dollars just shy of a billion dollars in authentic brands what is authentic brands well authentic brands is a corporation that owns sports illustrated and do you know that in the last three years there have been four transgendered athletes on the cover of sports illustrated if that's not a propaganda push then what is mm. i mean the, the biggest one was the swimmer right and right. now finally the gal that swam against him all the time riley Gaines, is going out there and saying this is ridiculous this guy was walking around naked in the female locker room before swimming and he is anatomically 100 percent a male mm. 
So, so he hasn't had any surgeries or anything at all. And, and Black Rock is invested in that. You take the Pritzker family, as I said earlier, who are funding these gender clinics on hospitals all across the land. The biggest, a big one just recently um, that came to light is the gender uh, clinic at Vanderbilt, right? At Vanderbilt University Medical Center. And that got shut down because what they, they were operating on 12 and 13-year-old girls, mm. you know? Um, th then you look at what is called the media and big pharma. A lot of people are, <laughs> don't know this, but all of these things are coming together is that you have these media companies, right? That are conglomerates that have invested billions of dollars in big pharma. Mm. A lot of people were saying, how in the world can you get a vaccine for COVID, uh, out so fast and then silence all the people who had questions about it? Okay. How could you do that so fast? Well, that's because big pharma and media companies are conglomerates that are all invested in one another. Uh, here, a lot of people don't know who Condé Nast is, but Condé Nast is a company that owns Vogue, Wired, Allure, uh, Ars Technica, Bon Appetit, uh, Johansson's, The Traveler, Epicurious, Glamour, GQ, House and Garden, uh, Le Cucina Italiana, Self, uh, uh, Vanity Fair, Teen Vogue, uh, Them, The New Yorker. I'm naming off massive magazines right. that have a huge cultural influence. Wired, which is a technical kind right. of a music thing. Well, guess what? Condi Nast uh, started and invested in a massive pharma uh, company, right? And in 2010, it was going bankrupt. Then it got involved in gender transitions. And by 2020, it has $2 billion in assets. Mm. So it went from zero to $2 billion. And its primary market has been gender transition. And see, a lot of people don't know this. So, so you have this exploding market, right? You have you have medical communities, big pharma in league with media companies. Uh, now, you make up your own mind. Is there a conspiracy? I don't know, but it certainly seems to me like a massive conflict of interest. Absolutely. You know. Then you got the Arcus Foundation. A lot of people have no idea what that is. I didn't know what it is, so I went and I'm reading. It is the largest LGBT non-government organization. Okay, in the in the world, and it's invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in none other than the American Psychological Foundation, right? And the American Psychological Association, the American Psychological Foundation, is the one that says that masculinity is what toxic. Mm. They're the ones who actually published that research that we talked about during Desperado. What's interesting is they're, so they're, they're putting hundreds of thousands of dollars into these organizations, these nonprofits. And then you have things like this. There is, uh, just recently there was an article in the Idaho Statesman. It came out yesterday and it's, uh, four college students, Ari Garabedian, Ian Holland, Marisabel Reinhardt and Sarah Miati. They are first and second year medical students at the University of Washington in the Idaho Wawami Regional Program. And if you're not familiar uh, with how it works in Idaho, is Idaho does not have its own medical school. 
And so what it's done is it has a YWAMI program that stands for something. But basically what it is, is they partner with the University of Washington and with Utah Medical Center down in Utah. And they have to give a certain number of spots to Idaho applicants. Okay. So, so basically what it is, instead of us spending the money to open up our own, we buy space at University of Washington, UW Medical Center, and at, down at the University of Utah Medical Center, okay? So we buy spaces, and so they go, okay, we'll just do that. Well, what's really interesting is these people, what they don't tell you is this, this program is in Moscow, Idaho, right? Mm -hmm. And they lead a service learning advocacy group. So these people are advocates. They're not, they're not studying to be doctors, which is science-based. They're studying to be advocates and they want to use science. They want to use the medical field to provide advocacy for their stuff. And what they do is they said in their article that the American, uh, psychological association, the one that the Arcus foundation has invested hundreds of thousand dollars in supports the notion of minor Okay, there's minor gender affirming care and they use these great acronyms and statements. But what they're talking about is they're saying, if you're a 14 year old girl and you feel like a boy, then not only will we give you puberty blockers, but you know what else we'll do is we will remove your breasts. So, so the, the reason why minors are called minors in our judicial system is because they're not old enough or wise enough to give consent. That's the whole point. You're a minor. You can't give consent. You can't, if you're 12 or 13, you can't give consent to sexual activity with adult because you don't understand the implications right. of that. Right. You can't give consent to take drugs. Right. Like if there's in, in, even in States where like marijuana is legal, you know, or alcohol is legal, a minor can't drink alcohol. Right. Right. Because they don't understand what the, 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 the implications of it. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. And yet these four college students wrote an op ed in the Idaho statesman that they printed demanding that governor little veto a bill in the Idaho state Senate that just passed, it's sitting on his desk as we speak, that just basically says, you cannot give puberty blockers, which is chemical castration. You cannot do surgery on minors. Now, when they're 18, they can make whatever decision they want, but not when they're minors, okay? And these people are writing this, and what they do is they quote these uh, medical organizations to say that these are scientific organizations that support their conclusions. But what they don't tell you in this article is there is not a single longitudinal study, not a single one that says gender affirming care increases the mental health of people struggling with this mental illness over a 10, 15 and 20 year period. Mm. The only studies out there chart what happens within the first year to two years after their transition or after their surgery. That's it. There's no longitudinal studies. And what now they're finding is that if you take a 17 year old and you transition them and send them through surgery for the next couple of years, they're really, really happy. Then they get into their mid twenties and they go, wait a second. And now those people are detransitioning and they are suing. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I hope they all when I mean, I could just go on and on. I don't want to get in too many weeds. What I'm trying to point out is this, is that the society in which we live 
is highly funded, highly organized to propagate these this ideology and they want your kids to be inculcated in it. And as a Christian, you look at what's going on and you see how more and more people are turning away from God. They're turning towards these things. And you think, man, our our God is not in control. We don't have the power. But what you have to understand, what you're facing is massive, trillions of dollars, highly organized. And it all comes from the upstream things is Marxist ideology. Well, Pastor, I I, I kind of need you to f- round this out because this is not where I thought this conversation was going to go today as far as, I mean, this, what's, how do we as Christians celebrate the power of the resurrection when this whole thing is happening, like out in the world where we're seeing losses everywhere on the, on the front of just people with more money? Well, I think that it all comes down to this, and I felt it was important to address the situation that happened at this Christian school where these kids were were murdered by evil, and it was evil being propagated. It was a person who was inculcated into this evil, right, through an ideology. And what we have to understand is that these are not natural movements. What we see happening in our society is not natural, it's intentional and it's well-funded. It's highly organized. Um, and I, I don't want to sound like an overt conspiracy theorist, but what I would say is that the conspiracy behind all evil is Satan. Mm. <laughs> he is a great conspiracy. And the thing is, is that his conspiracy thought that he could win by killing Jesus, getting him rejected by the government, getting rejected by the power brokers, getting him rejected and killed by the lawyers and the religious leaders and the politicians and the government and everybody else, right? But what happened? It was Friday when he died, but Sunday's coming. Sunday's coming. And that's that's why when we look at these things and we see them as frightening, we have to remember it may feel like Friday, but never forget Sunday's, Sunday's coming. coming. Well, thank you, Pastor. I think that was, like I said, a little bit different than what we probably were expecting. But I think it's important that you're ne- you're never one to shy away from the hard things. That's part of the reason you're the salty pastor is because you're not <laughs> yes. you're not one to shy away. And I think we do need to have these conversations and do need to look at this through a clear lens and do need to critically think about things like this. So mm-hmm. um, I love that final moment of it may feel like Friday, but Sunday's coming. <laughs> Sunday's so, coming. <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining us. Make sure you join us on this Sunday for Palm yeah. Sunday here at Foothills because we'll be kicking off our series, The Power and the Glory, and we'll see you then. All right. Blessings.